Hello everyone, welcome to the Pitch Deck, um, episode four. Um, and I'm your host, Itayo. It's really good to be here um, after a short break, I think. Um, but now we are back, and we are back with a band because we have our first female um, guest, and uh, we have Riri Oluwa Adetimei, who's, who's a brand manager at Rain Money. Rain Money is a digital bank. Uh, Riri, good to have you here. Same here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for yeah, that's that's really great. And I also have um, Toyosi Yusuf, who who is a partner here or a tad partner. Toyosi, I think I need to clap. <laughs> I'm able to drag you off wherever cave you were in. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not finally here as well. It's nice to join um, this project. I'm really excited to be here finally. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's really it's really good stuff. Um, on, I mean, today we'll be talking a lot to Riri Oluwa about her personal journey in, into um, communications, brand management. You know, she has extensive years of experience, you know, working mm-hmm. for various um, you know, leading agencies. And we're going to be talking about the power of storytelling in marketing and um, how to craft compelling brand stories. So, um, but before we go dive, I mean, dive into the conversation major, right? Um, Riri, maybe um, probably tell us for, for our audience, right, that might not know you, kind of give us a feel of who you are, what you do, and um, what you enjoy doing, basically. Okay. Um, so, hi, everyone. My name is Riri. Uh, I'm a marketing professional. I think that's the overall summary of it. Uh, so, let me start from the beginning. I'm one of the people that got lucky enough to practice what they studied in school. So I studied mass communication. And lucky me, I get to, you know, do marketing, even though it's not directly marketing. Um, so I started my career as a social media manager. Um, and But before that, I mean, I had already interned with, like, PR agency and even news outlets um, like Channels TV and Rainbow FM. Um, so, you know, it was always, always marketing for me from the get-go. Um, so after doing a bit of social media management, I then moved on to do a bit of uh, BTL and events. Um, you know, all this entire phase was just a learning phase for me, basically. Um, and then I found my way into the agency, right? Um, that's the advertising agency. And I think that that was like the hmm, deciding factor that, you know what, you want to do this, like, this is exciting. This is something that connects you with people as much as you want to and other businesses as well. Um, so from advertising, I moved on to you know, the bigger part of marketing, which is brand management, um, which I currently do now. Um, so, I mean, that's basically it. I try as much as possible to leave marketing in my everyday life because I'm very into, you know, personal branding, you know, and all of that stuff and writing as well. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it. And my work history. It's just like an interview. <laughs> no, no, no. It shouldn't feel like an interview. I mean, but I mean, I really, you really said some really great things from what you just said, basically. I feel like mm-hmm. you have worked across various spectrums of 
um, marketing communication. So you have worked in PR, I believe. Yes. You yes. worked in advertising. Now yes. you're working um, in-house yeah. um, for, for, for a brand. So tell me what, <laughs> what what's the major difference or what do you like about um, each and every of those, um, what do you call it, um, um, industries, I, I should say, that I have worked in? Mm, okay. So I think that they're all just subsectors of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, social media marketing is a small part of marketing. Advertising is a small part of marketing. BTL and events is also a small part of marketing. Do you get? Um, so I feel like I was just working my way up to have experience in the different aspects of marketing. I, I don't know, maybe the universe was preparing me, you know, for this rule or the rules I'll get in future. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference is just those other parts are subsectors and now it's more um, all encompassing because now I have to, you know, do a bit of digital marketing, bros, um, content, you know, just all the different types, advertising as well, even media buying and PR. Um, so it's now I have everything comes together. Everything that I have been working towards comes comes together. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that's really impressive, Rory. Uh, and I mean I can I can actually stamp that. I mean I've known Rory for a long time. Maybe not so close, but like mm-hmm. we've known for I don't know how long now. Maybe two thousand yeah. and nine. And I think one thing that stands strong is that, I mean, you're probably from, from even from that time, I always knew that you were going to be somewhat in this area. So like, it's fascinating to see how you have, like you have stayed the course and you're still, you know, pursuing it and actually really growing, obviously with a lot of, with a lot of experience and knowledge as well. Yeah. Um, so first, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was not going to say that. Um, interestingly, like Ray said, it's only a few lucky people that. Um, are practicing what they studied in school, same as me, as well. <laughs> and, and funny enough, I met her uh, for the first time um, at um, an agency where we were both interns. I think it's yeah. nine years right now. <laughs> yeah. Time flight. It's, it's nine years right now. And I mean, um, I think out of all the interns that they ever had then, I think the ones that stood out because of how um, enthusiastic we about the job. I remember. <laughs> I remember one of my saying that I'm like, look at that they're always excited to, you know, mm-hmm. do stuff. Remember that they were sharing food. You never like, see like, it as well. <laughs> 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 we're like two members, we're always happy to do the work and everything. So, I mean, it's just interesting to, you know, be a part of her journey as well and seeing how we've all grown um, from those days to where we are right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and. To, I mean, just to, you know, segue a little bit from what T.Y. said, right, and to, and to touch on a point that, Riri, you mentioned. So, as he said, right, you're, you're one of those people that, you know, you are practicing what you studied, right? But a decision you made at um, maybe age 16, thereabouts. Yeah. There, like, yeah. And you still, I mean, you're this old right now, and you're still like that was a life decision you made that you are still sticking to the cause now. You know, like what what made you have that type of laser focus? Like what was the inspiration, you know, behind it? Because mm. maybe for for some context, the inspiration right? you love. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you have to tell us, right? But for some context, you know, people probably, people like me studied something, changed our minds, they're like halfway, even in our career. So because, you know, sometimes, like, how can you rely on a 15-year-old or your, or your 15-year-old self to, like, to, to determine what you're going to be in future and the career that you're going to pursue? Because obviously at that time, your, your knowledge is all limited or your worldview is very different from what it is today. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so the truth is, I'm not exactly sure that I had much of a choice because the mindset I had was I just have to make it. Um, at first it was all about oh just excelling at a career path but later on it was about the money let me not lie Um, um, so first uh, studying mass communication was um, it was was a decision of the options I had right so I was an art student so very obviously I had like three or four options, law, mass comm, English, international relations, basically, mm-hmm. all of those options. Now, I do not think that at that age, we were really, really exposed to the possibilities of what we could be when we grew up. I'm not sure that anybody actually really told us the job opportunities that exists for us when we grow up. So everybody was just you know, studying something based on was the most popular. Okay, as students nowadays to study masculine. So let's, let's go ahead with that, right? And I kind of just, you know, shortlisted in my mind at, like what are the things that I will not struggle at. And for me then, to be fair, masculine was about broadcast and about, you know, I thought I would be a newscaster uh, or I would be like a presenter or something somewhere. Right, but the truth is, I was never really going to be that because I don't think that they make the kind of one that me my eyes always. <laughs> so that was what then sealed this for me that you know what this is a clear course career path, right? Why don't you make it work? And I feel like I already live like some of it in my life, like you said. I've always been this outgoing, extroverted person, um, and. It's not difficult for me to make friends or, you know, strike a conversation with people. So doing all of that was just, it came naturally to me. So I just did what was easy and then, you know, learned some more along the line, you know, improved myself and then basically work towards getting better at what mm-hmm. I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really smart, actually. And um, as you said, you sort of adapted even on the way, but while still, you know, maintaining sort of like the focus that you had. I have two more questions um, yeah, before we go to the, to I mean, to the core discussion, right? And so the first one is, I like to ask this question, but I've never found the right way to, to ask it, um, but let me try, right? So the first one is, what was one key, um, would I say, key moment in your life that has led you to where you are, you are right now, like exactly where you are right now in terms of the type of person that you are in your career. Then um, the second one is your major accomplishments or projects that you have been on, that you're, that you're involved in, that you're you know, pretty much proud about. Hmm. 
what is that one thing that has led me to this power? I'm not sure what it was, but I think that one of the things I would definitely think about is the people that I met along the way. Um, so I remember very, very early in my career, let's say like one year after NYSC, I met this woman. She was on the board of directors of Nestle, Unilever, and like one other company. She had her cooking business. You know, she was just elderly. She had her family. She had everything. And it just looked like, oh, she has a shit together. Right? Mm-hmm. And I had never been a role model kind of person growing up. Like, I, I do not, not have role models. So when I met this woman, I did some research about her. Even found a way to meet her children, in fact. <laughs> right? Because I was just so intrigued. Like, oh, she has the, you know, kind of life I probably would want to have at that age. And she, she was a marketing person as well. And I mean, I saw how clearly she grew in her career, and I'm like, I mean, why not? Like, why can't I be that? Why can't I work towards that? So I think that maybe for me, that was, you know, one one very influencing um, scenario that happened. Um, then what was the second question? Oh, the second question was um, major accomplishments or projects, I mean, hmm. in your career that you're particularly proud of. Oh my, this one, there are plenty. I'm not a favorite kind of person. There are so many. I'm proud of a lot of my work, actually, because you get to see the impact. And being able to measure that impact is just everything. It's just nice to see your, your work get re- rewarded. I think I'll talk about the most recent one, which is Remony, right? I mean, there's another one that comes to mind with Jameson. Uh, okay, let me start with that one. So um, for every October 1st, we always have to create a limited edition pack for Jameson, right? Oh. And yeah. And so it's just a thing they've done over the years. And then they do Jameson Connect and all of that. And Jameson was my brand, the brand that I managed when I was at the agency. Oh. So... I remember that the art director was new and, you know, we were really pressed for time because we had to get this design. The design has to be mad. So, you know, in a situation where you would have presented like 10 different ideas to the client, my client is like, no, 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 and no for everything. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know, but when I see that, I'm no, no. <laughs> like, good. So, at this moment, I, I definitely was getting a bit frustrated. And then this new art director as well, because he was new, you know, to the agency type of gree, 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 everything is always like, oh, right now, if somebody is not dying on one mountain, then I'm not sure you are really working with an agent. So this guy was always tired. I was always messaging him, checking on him, blah, 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 blah. Next thing, um, one day I was just like, let's just sit down together, right? And write out different tribes in Nigeria, over a hundred tribes, like that nobody remembered, aside from your Bible and Hausa and, you know, the normal ones. And then we wrote it out and then he put it together and we used it to design a map, 
right with the bottle in the middle oh, and then nice. just yeah and then the client saw the first draft of it and the client was like oh that's really good now i like this one and my mother was like yay look at that look at who is ideating and doing content writer work and all of that and i think that the very satisfying moment for me was not even like the awards or the publicity that that campaign got it was just seeing it on shelves in supermarkets it just mm-hmm. was very nice it just was very very nice and very good um and then for rem money one that i'm really proud of is the fact that when i joined rem money i mean it was majorly known as a lending company um but then now we're pivoting more into the digital bank space and one of the biggest things i did about that was doing a whole you know research strategy type thing where we had to find out what our new audience wants and what appeals to them and do a whole overhaul of our app of our website writing all of the content for that shooting videos and all of the sleepless nights deciding oh, which color was the best one to go with so um just working on that rebrand we had to start with research and then doing some like design brainstorm that took like months because we were trying not to make it about us in marketing or us as the you know people back end um and i think the tricky part of being in my position would be trying to um stabilize like or manage the expectations of the company management and also meet the needs of the users right so it's such a tricky place to be because i mean in my position i understand what the business is trying to achieve but i also understand that the consumer needs a particular type of thing right and sometimes those two things can be two very different things but i mean it's my job to then make make everything work and ensure that it all meets in the middle um so we had to go through like months as well of writing ux writing on the website and on the app deciding what you know if this sounded right okay now it sounds right but does it fit the tone of voice of the brand that we're trying to you know build um and then doing all of that and then coming out on the end and everybody sees this great website and new app ux ui and everybody said oh that looks really nice but they don't know the work that went into it so i think that for me that's very satisfying and aside from it's just you know looking nice and appealing to the audience another important part is that it now serves you know the business well in terms of actually selling loans and driving you know other products that we need you know the app to do or the website to do so it's great to see it translate into sales and also see people say oh that looks nice now i want to change their look you know people notice and all of that so yeah that, that's, that's really great achievement for me thank you yeah that's really nice because i mean um I think I started paying more attention to to rent money when I actually noticed that you moved from extreme um, to Aww. to rent money. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think 
one period I was seeing you doing great stuff with Extreme. The next day I saw you at an awards receiving, at the <laughs> receiving, receiving awards for Red Money. I was like, ah, how is this? How did this happen? Well, that yeah. time I had been at Red Money for months already. So that was wow. a coming out party. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I mean, for those, for those who, are, who are curious, like, what is that transition phase like from agency, right? So, hmm. uh, client side, what are some of the things that, I mean, just share experience with us, basically. So, I'm looking yeah. as well. I, I like this question because it's one of the first things I wrote about on my medium when I joined um, Remony. Um, I, and the, the subject I used was is client side really the bright side? Because everybody's <laughs> always trying to push the client side. Um, I think that it really all just depends on what you want. That's the simple truth. Um, there's some people that enjoy the chaos of handling multiple brands at once, not having your head in one place. Just, ah, they're calling you for this brand, they're calling you for that brand, they're pulling you inside this meeting. Like, some people enjoy that, right? But for me, I wanted to apply myself more, right? And apply myself more meant focusing on just one brand. Now, it was very difficult and not exactly easy to move to the client, right? The first three months was hell because it was just tough for me. And I moved to banking again. So I was like, what are all these things you people are always talking about in this meeting? They would just say one big English, I'll be like, Jesus, what do you mean? Are they talking to me? And I was doing a lot of Googling. Yeah. And it was at that moment I realized that advertising is just a small part of um advertising is just a small part of marketing, right? It's not yeah. the whole thing. Clients never actually tell you the full picture. And I don't think that agency people ask enough questions. That's mm. the truth. Um so the client just comes to you, oh, I have a brief. We need to do a campaign for Mother's Day. Or we need to do a campaign for something, right? Yeah. And the agency people, first instinct, carry it now, brainstorm session, strategy person, say your own creative, say your own director, how we interpret with design. Like everybody just like throwing ideas around the room. But I don't think that agency people actually ask the important questions. As a business, what are you trying to achieve with this? campaign. Mm. What are the metri- metrics that we will be measuring after? Is there a sales target attached to this campaign? Mm. Do you get what, like how much are you willing to spend? What's the max that you're willing to spend? Which is why agencies will forever go and bring amazing ideas and then the clients will come back and not pay no budget. Because you know even as beginning whether yeah, continue and continue. Yeah, whether, whether there was a budget for it or not, right? You just yeah, assume yeah. that, you know what, my work is to present amazing ideas. And yeah. I mean, I tell, I tell creative people that I have employed in, in the last two years, and I tell them, you need to remove yourself from this creativity bubble, right? There is a creativity bubble. And you need to realize that the owners of this business do not care about creativity. They just mm. want to make money. And yeah, your job yeah. is to help them make that money. If creativity is the way to beautiful and great, 
But most of the time, it's not about creativity. And, yeah. and, and, and that's just the tricky truth. So yeah. that transition can be very, very complicated for somebody that has not done it before. But I think yeah. that if you're willing to learn, if you're open-minded, if you're great with taking feedback and like you accept you don't know anything, just accept you don't know anything and let's learn from people that are doing it, people that have been doing it. Watch videos, read books, read articles, right? Of other people. Yeah, and then you begin to ramp up and get better. And like, just be generally curious, right? I think that that's one yeah. thing that helped me because me, I was not scared to ask any question. Like, somebody will say something, I'm like, what do you mean by SLE? Mm. What is SLE? And then yeah. they look at me like, are you dumb? But like, why don't you know that? Well, they will answer because I asked yeah. the question, right? But then one thing I also did was after asking these questions, I try not to go back and ask the same question again. Yeah. It's yeah. very important to learn yeah. from that one time that you're asking. If not, mm. there'll be too many things for you to be learning at the same time. Yeah, because I was I wasn't going to ask that. Um, was there any point where you doubted yourself um, when you first joined um, mm. Red Money? Because there'll be lots of there'll be like a barrage of information. This that I like to say. So yeah. like sometimes you, you feel as if ah, did I make the wrong choice leaving somewhere that I know coming to a strange um industry, mm. a strange company? Like was there? Did you ever have that feeling at any point? Funny enough, I, I don't think there was ever a time where I felt like, did I make a wrong choice? It was just, he got that big. When will this job start to pay me? And when will I start to rest? Right? Um, but I, I definitely sometimes was overwhelmed. At the beginning, I was so overwhelmed. I won't even lie. Like, I was barely sleepy, maybe because I was, you know, commuting very far. Like, my house was very very far one end of Lagos the office was I know I remember and I was driving so imagine not getting enough sleep first of all yeah and then when you eventually um get to work they just throw you straight in right so like the first two months every time people ask me oh congrats on your new job do you like it are you enjoying it truth is I was unable to answer that question because I did not know if I was enjoying it. I was too stressed to actually yeah. properly analyze how I felt about it. But I mean, I think that just just being open-minded and willing to learn is such an important element. If not, I mean, it's easy to get overwhelmed and just be like, you know what, I'm not doing the same. Let me just go back to my agency that was my comfort zone yeah. and, and be there. But, yeah. yeah. That's yes, awesome. So, so we're going to dive into the main conversation very soon, but um, before we do that, I'll just ask this very point, this very question because I follow you a lot on social media and I see how so that today you are traveling, you are going to Dubai, tomorrow you are going to the US. <laughs> so like, um, I was going to ask about how you actually balance um, work and life to people that actually don't really know you that much. Mm. This question, I love it. So... Me, I always have this mindset that if you work hard, you are allowed to play hard. The only reason I will, you know, leave work and maybe go out to hang out with friends or whatever and 
be very confident enough to post on my social media is because I know that there is no boss that is coming to message me to say, where is the work I give you? I will not leave my work to have a nice time. So first of all, let's clarify that. Secondly, um, I actually do uh, like accumulate my leave days. Uh, like last year, I accumulated it to like the end of the year. So I was working for most of the year last year and just kept all of my leave days to the end of the year so I could, you know, go and take a holiday for almost a month right mm-hmm. um yeah. and um, i don't post all of that content at once <laughs> i'll post it at different times so maybe <laughs> that's why like i'm always traveling but then you know sometimes i just take short you know holidays maybe five days just to go for uh, on a quick trip to relax um i i don't joke with time away from the office because when you're in the office, we're also busy dedicating ourselves and, you know, pushing ourselves to work hard. Why can't we find time as well to relax and rest? A lot of people are struggle with doing that. Yes, but me, I don't. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that lately something I, I actually had to make a conscious effort to do because before I was also very oh, work, work, work. I would leave work, I would go home, I would still be chatting, work, meeting, emails, flying, everything, up like to the middle of the night. But I just realized that life is fickle, right? If you don't make time to rest, your body will create that time for you when you break down and when you fall ill or whatever. So I think it's something Nigerians need to learn a lot. Just join that line between work and your outside life, right? Where yeah. where is your breaking point? Where is the part where you feel like I've done enough? Just rest. And the truth there is that work will always continue, whether you are there or not. Exactly. That's the that's the job. So <laughs> yeah. So so let's quickly jump to our main conversation right now. Um, okay. Uh, so we're gonna start with um, the rudiments. You know, I remember you spoke about a campaign you worked on where you had to list out all the tribes in Nigeria and you presented mm-hmm. the clients and you liked it. So I would use that for my first question, right? Like, what is storytelling and why is it important in marketing? Hmm. Storytelling is basically how you craft your user's perception of your company, your brand, your product, right? And it's important because people connect to things that they can relate with right? People connect with people. People connect with experiences. Um, People don't connect with like an object, right? There's Mm. a perception that is created about a certain thing that makes you connect with that thing. For some people, using an iPhone is basically, oh, everybody's using it, so let me join. That's FOMO, fear of missing out, right? And that is a thing that they connect with. For some other people, it's just, oh, I like the way my, you know, phone connects to my MacBook, connects to my AirPods, connects to my iWatch, connects to Jigger. For them, it's just about that connection. And that's yeah. what they can relate to. Some people, it's just that whole having to wait in line. They just like that. They just want to say, I was one of the first people to use it, right? And I think which is what um, Apple has done so well. They have crafted a very, very great brand story that 
people yeah. have found different, 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 different ways to relate to and mix it up with, you know, their yeah. lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think support that as well. I, I was watching a video of when Steve Jobs um, first announced, when he announced the first iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very beautiful um, presentation where he mentioned, oh, a phone, um, I think a music player and an internet. Mm-hmm. You know, he said that like, mm-hmm. three times before he announced the iPhone. So I think mm-hmm. Apple is a very, very good, good example I'm trying to sell mm-hmm. you this uh, story of, you know, excellence, of only the best to use our products um, and the likes. So next I want to ask, um, how can storytelling, you know, drive business goals and create a lasting impact on company success? Okay, so the thing, um, how how can you drive your business goals? One thing a lot of people do very wrong today is, especially in Nigeria, is how we use influencers, right? Um, remember I said that people connect with people, and if I connect to a celebrity or an actress or a musician, whatever, um, and a brand uses that person, but there's a disconnect. It is so obvious. It is so, so, so obvious to that user. So I was watching this ad that I saw just this past week on um, Threads, right? And it was a herb drink. I can't remember what the name is right now. But the general Yes, exactly. That one. So they used a lot of celebrities. Oh, my God. First yeah. question was, oh, what was their marketing budget? Or this budget? This budget would have been so lit to have. I won't lie. However, see all the many people that they use decided that ad. Nobody can convince me that those people would drink that because after they step out of that, um, wherever it is that they shot it, nobody can tell me because it did not even look convincing in any way. <laughs> It just felt like a star-studded TV ad. Mm-hmm. And if I was the audience they were trying to target, they've totally lost me. Also, I don't think bitters drinkers care about all of those things. I don't yeah. think they care. I think maybe they want to be hearing stuff about, oh, when you drink these bitters, this is what it will do to you. Like, But somehow they made it feel like this bitters is just a celebrity bitter. Or something, I don't know. There's <laughs> just so much pride. Yeah, then with the video, and I was like, guys, you are just selling bitters, relax. Yeah. I think relax. I hear you. I, when when I first saw that um ad, the first thing that came to mind was maybe I'm trying to also sell bitters to um um uh premium class or new class. Exactly, exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> And stuff. It's possible that that could be their, their objective because I mean, with the array of stars that were in that ad, the conversation was endless. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, what is the marketing budget? Because mm-hmm. having those people all together in one in ad, loom, so yes, matters. I know only the likes of the Pepsi's of this world, Coca-Cola's, or Heineken yeah. that actually do this. And I'm surprised that you didn't talk about a campaign you worked on that we were arguing about many years back. Um, the Which campaign. Which one? Um, Heineken. Oh, okay, Heineken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, well, that that's nice. Um, yeah. So, 
So I'm going to ask um, what are some of the strategies, you know, and techniques for crafting um, compelling brand stories? Um, okay, so basically the first key one is understanding your audience, um, knowing what they want, um, and knowing what will appeal to them. Then the second thing is just looking at your market, right? Seeing what is the market feeds, um, what your competition is doing, how you can improve that thing, on that thing rather, um, and all of that. And it's it's easy, right, for people in, in the company to just sit down and be like, you know what, this is my idea. This is what I think we should be doing. This is what I think. But if you, if you go that route, you fail. You, you'd miss it because you tell a story that only you will enjoy, not necessarily your audience. And if you don't want that, you want to be telling stories that relate to people. Also, um, people need to, you know, stay away from like ambiguous stories, stories that you know that is impossible. It feels like a movie. Like I know that this is not real life and this is not going to happen in real life. So how do you tell stories that are original, stories that actually connect, right? Mm. Uh, so, so that's the most important thing to do when you're trying to craft a compelling story. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been listening in and I mean, there's something that stuck with me, right? Which, okay. um, I mean, you, you sort of spoke about the, the beta's, um, how would I say, the beta's um, advert, which in your own opinion, maybe there's a, there some, 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 something, something of a misalignment. So, yes. So what are the examples of maybe successful brand stories um, of, of successful brand storytelling? Toyosi mentioned the, the Heineken situation. Yeah, yes. which, which one to you stands out that you feel like, I mean, the audience can, can use as an example of, okay, man, this was like proper alignment from the brand story perspective and how it was executed um, in, on, on, on the media. Okay, so the first one that comes to mind is is Ethel and what they've done with the mother-in-law, the family, how how they've created a story out of it. And a lot of people probably don't know, but they created their own special sound for it and all of that. Now, in terms of effectiveness, if people would remember the code at the end of that ad, that's debatable. And I'll probably not double into that. But in terms of storytelling and really hitting the nail on the head and making it relatable, right, to their audience, they were, with, with, with the series, right, that they started, they were able to, you know, speak to all the categories, bless you, Thank all the categories you. of their audience, right? They were able to speak to the elderly ones, the mommies and daddies, the young millennial couple that just got married, the Gen Zs and all of that because everybody watched it and saw a story that they can, con- you know, connect with. Another story, another story that is really great is GTP, right? Which is a brand that yeah. started in Nigeria, like every other corporate bank. Um, but if you look at it, it feels like at some point they took a step step back and said, you know what? 
who are the people who are trying to um, attract. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they, they decided that we want to attract any and everybody. So guess what? They created products that identified with each category of their audience because also they cracked the fact that sometimes you can't use just one product to appeal to you know, a, a large audience or a large group of people. And that's why you see they are telling stories with GTB food and drinks, there's lifestyle with their fashion, mm-hmm. week, they're churning out content on Danny TV, and then yeah. the whole song that they came up with for 737, which yeah. and I think the part that even blew my mind about that song was I heard it in the club once. And I was like, <laughs> yes. yes. Wow. But he was screaming, it's seven three, seven three. <laughs> and I was like, like, wow, this is so cool. Like, I don't know how, but they just did the whole mass market storytelling so 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 well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's 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 actually that's those are very good examples. I think yeah. I know the Etel one. Um, yeah. Obviously, GT strategy. I mean, it's not tip, it's not essentially um, conventional advertising, but they have exactly. tried to put it into lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Then um, I think. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Um, I think um, one I have to mention <laughs> is something that we cannot relate with, which is Saka's I don't put. I think that's yeah. one of the most legendary. Yeah. Um, that was very. That was amazing. That was actually really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. Yeah, that was that was. I mean, I, I don't watch too much TV, so I don't see so much ads anymore. But like, I think yeah. I think those those are very good examples of mm-hmm. you know of storytelling. So so now on. I mean, we, we already spoke about good examples of storytelling, right? And I think mm-hmm. one key component of it is the emotional connection with. The target audience, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know how how can brands create that emotional connection? Is, is there a formula, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of when you are conceiving and ideating on on uh, something you want to take out there that mm-hmm. ensures that you get that emotional connection? Hmm. I don't think that there's a formula. <laughs> I don't think so. Sometimes it can also be a hit or a miss. Mm-hmm. Also, though, one thing that is key is that with marketing, doing a little of everything is so important. It plays a huge role. You may not see the impact immediately. Mm-hmm. It is always a long-term play. It is always a long-term play. So what I mean by that is, so say, for example, you've understood your audience, you understand what your audience needs, and you know you're trying to connect with this audience, right? If your audience, so unless your audience is specifically a radio ad-only audience, like you know for sure, for sure, that your audience is only a radio, it is very important to do everything. Do a bit of digital marketing, do a bit of email marketing, do a bit of SMS, do a bit of social media content, do a bit of billboard if you can afford it, do a bit of radio, you can even do programmatic ads, do you get just yeah. doing a little of everything makes you in the face of your audience. Like, no matter where the person turns, it feels like, oh, this brand is there. 
this person is there. And subconsciously, you start to become a good suit for that person. Because the moment the person is th thinking about that product or that service that you offer, because the person has seen you so much, hmm? Mm -hmm. somehow that connection is there and you're the first thing the person remembers like even if the person doesn't use your products or service directly the person can easily recommend you you know to to people that you yeah. know would ask about that thing so just trying to be everywhere is so important even with um, with um, social media marketing and digital ads as well like trying to be on the like trying to be advertising on the um, websites that you know that your audience will definitely be looking at at the points where you think oh this person would need me just your brand should just be there it can just be something very simple but just being there reinforces whatever message you're trying to pass across also, consistency is very key. People want to see that, oh, this brand that I saw there, consistency just helps for remembrance, really. Because yeah. if I've seen yellow and blue with this brand, I turn another day, it may be the same brand, but maybe I'm seeing red and white with the same brand name. Trust me, to make that connection will not be as easy as when I'm saying yellow and blue here, yellow and blue there, yellow and blue there, yellow and blue there, right? It's just easier to make yeah. that. So, but there, there's no actual formula for you know creating an emotional connection with your audience. It's it just, it just depends on how much you know them and how far you are willing to go to connect with them. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good point. I mean, um, this leads us to our next question, but I'm going to just give like a little preamble. So we've seen brands like Etel that have evolved over time, you know, from days of Econet to Vodacom, V-Mobile, I think to Zane at some point to set to Celtel. And recently, um, the times of, um, I think, was it Excelat? Yeah, that moved to um, Nine So we've seen different forms of, you know, marketing, communication, just let people know that we are still the same brand, but it's our name that is just changing, basically. So I want to just, just know from your point of view, right, how can businesses use um, storytelling, you know, to build trust and credibility during this kind of periods where people just see you changing their, changing your names, but um, to them, you look unstable, but I just try to let them, let them know that, guys, we are the same company. We are just mm -hmm. changing our name. Mm -hmm. Okay. One thing a lot of brands um, don't have is empathy and being human. A lot of brands just want to be, I am a company. I am a product. But the truth is, behind that company or product is a real human being, right? It's a group mm -hmm. of people doing all of that work. So I think that the best way to build credibility in, in periods like that is to be honest. That's the simple truth. Like, no matter how bitter or how bad it is, people would relate with you if you are honest with them. If it is a, oh, somebody acquired our company's story. Oh, that story. Yeah. Oh, our company was acquired. Because people want to feel like you are being open with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm telling you as it is. And that gives those people, like, some form of power in, in 
and, and what I mean by that is they feel empowered. They feel like, oh, I mean, this brand, I know what happened now. Nobody can yeah. get, nobody can tell me, oh, something else, one other story, because I, I, I already read from the company page exactly what happened. So exactly. I feel a bit more comfortable with that person. So you see that empathy and that being humane, right? A lot of brands lack it because we're just trying to always maintain this front and this mm, let's not really deep dive into it. You, 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 you reach out to a lot of companies on social media and complain about something and they give you the templated response. Thank you for reaching yeah. out to us. You know, we're currently... Annoying. Like, because I know that this is a robot that is replying me for goodness sake, guys. Like, it's not even a real person. So I don't feel in that moment like my problem is being attended to. And guess what? That only agitates me further. It doesn't make me feel relaxed. It doesn't make me feel better about your brand. Because imagine doing that with a digital bank. You're trying to chat with them or call them or reach them. And it's a robot that is responding to you. Everybody's just going to freak out and be like, you, I'm taking my money out. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Right? So it's just being humane behind all of it. That's the easiest and best way. Practice honesty and transparency. And it will really, mm. really help you build trust with your users. Mm. Words of mouth from Mary, practice honesty and transparency. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm writing that down. Exactly. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I remember earlier you mentioned that um, you guys are now that's red money. You guys are trans transiting from um, a lending platform to um, a digital bank. A digital right? bank, yes. Exactly. And I'm sure. There's going to be a lot of uh, marketing, a lot of comps going um, um, in the pipeline, right? That yeah. obviously we're not, we're not aware of. So using that as a, as a practical example, um, how does storytelling you know, change change as a business grows and reaches different milestones? Hmm. It does change. You can have the same story um, over the years, except, of course, you've been in the business for years right and you have gotten to that point where you just feel like this is the peak and let me stay on this peak and maintain this momentum for you know a few more years but you have to always carry people along um it's a it's a journey of explaining to people the why why we are doing this why this is happening when we had to do our whole you know website change app you know, change, social media change. We had to do it. We have a new look and this is why, right? We turned 10, we wanted to evolve, we wanted to meet your needs better, blah, blah, blah. Tell them why. When we started to change our email templates and all of that, we had to notify our customers to say, okay, guys, this is why we're changing this as well and this is what it means to you and to us, right? We're still the same people we're just changing how we look on the outside. Like it's the same person. Just imagine this person is just wearing fancier outfits, right? Um, so it's not like we're losing the core of who we are or the essence of who we are. Um, so that that's how that works. And celebrating milestones is very important. It's also a very good way to 
drive up your trust metrics, right? Because when people know that you have been around for a while, it gets easier for them to trust you. Some people that have been banking, maybe like in my father's generation, who probably have, have an account with First Bank because it's the first bank that they knew. And then it was the, you know, um, um, the inspirational thing to do. Like it was the thing everybody wanted to do. So they had that account. But now for us, like, I'm just like, okay, first bank, but I don't connect with that brand. So mm. there's no way I will open an account to them. But, oh, there's a GTB. Ah, they're old too. I connect with them more. They do GTB this, they do that, they do that, they do that. So, you know what? Let me open an account with them, right? Um, so you always have to evolve. Like, yeah. ad evolves. Um, you evolve with your users because your users don't remain the same as well. Um, mm-hmm. You evolve with them. You change with them. You make tweaks where you need to. And you leave things as they are where you need to. It's not every time that we have to be changing things. That's true. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, as we as we round off these um these um segments, just wanted to you know give us like a forecast of what to expect. So, like, what are some what are some trends you know in brand storytelling you can expect to see in the future um, based on your assessment of the industry. Mm, this question, me, I don't have any assessments of the industry. <laughs> Let me not bobo you here. <laughs> yeah. Very aspire to pass by a question, and this <laughs> point where I will drop the banger and the word of the day. <laughs> but I'm not sure that I have any projections. I think that things will continue to change. I mm. think that I think that Nigerians will get more open-minded about the type of things we consume when it comes to marketing. Um, And I think that marketing will really, really, really also expose Nigeria to other things, right? So one thing that travel will teach you is that you learn other people's cultures, you learn their traditions, you see what works. The things that you think is normal in your own country ah, it's not normal mm. in another person's country. The thing that is not normal in yours is okay in other people's country. And I think that that is what marketing will expose Nigerians to. It will bring, um, you know, global, um, global trades and things that happen globally. It will bring it into Nigeria and help people see the lights in, in a way. Yeah. Right, it will help. The, it will also help change our perspective and make people realize that you know some of these things that we make a big deal. It's really not you know that big a deal. Kind of like yeah. how a lot of what we're doing at Remon is trying to help people change their perception of loans. Right, Nigerians mm. have a no loan mindset. Ah, me Jack be still hey, Jack be said you will chase me, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But the truth is, it's not always like that. So that's not the truth. In other economies, they use credits to build wealth, right? Mm. So now it's a function of how do we, you know, gradually just help people see what you can do with mm. loan, what you can do with credit, how much more you can achieve without killing yourself 
or yeah. you're going into debt for the rest of your life. So it's it's yeah. just a gradual process of changing mindsets, and I think that um, that that's where we're headed. Awesome, awesome, awesome! Thank you so much. Thank you so much for I mean, a governor-like uh, response. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, I think to contribute to that, one one of my favorite um um PR about Nigeria so far has been the Nike jersey that, that they did in 2018, where I think that was one of the best PR Nigeria had gotten in years, you know, where everybody around the world wanted our jersey, they wanted a piece of Nigeria. And even if you look at now, um, Afrobeats, Afrobeats of the world, this is a time where Nigeria is really, and Africa at large, is really enjoying lots of attention, you know, uh, uh, for the world, so I think looking looking ahead, the future is actually quite bright. Um, just need to find ways to take advantage and leverage on these opportunities um, um, that, we, that, that, that we're enjoying. Mm-hmm. So um, I like to ask you a question. Um, so if you could um, choose one brand, you know, that excels at storytelling, which one would it be, and why? Hmm. One brand, just one. Yeah, one. That's strange. I'm not sure that there's one, but right now, if I could choose one, it would be Slack. Slack. I really like Slack. Yeah, strange, right? Very, very strange. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like. I mean, I think the normal thing would have been to go for all these bigger brands, right? But they are doing well. That's great. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to come and be telling you guys again. But Slack does something very interesting with their marketing. They're a, they're a tech company, right? And they're basically about you having meetings and all of that. But they make very interesting, you know, updates to their products. And then when they make those updates to their products and they make content out of it, it's so interesting. Like, you will definitely feel like wanting to try it. You want awesome. to try that thing that they have just shown you. And you'll be like, oh, interesting. And I, that's the whole point of marketing, to drive usage, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if your content is making people want to try something, then beautiful. That's, awesome. that's amazing content. Yeah. I mean, I won't even lie. I didn't expect um, to mention Slack because, you know, most people just say Slack as uh, Slack. Sometimes we use... No, Slack is a very interesting brand. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, Riri, um, you know, because this is the concluding part of our conversation, and this is my own personal um, favorite question to question. Okay. to every of our guests, because it, it allows me to understand and peep the mind of, of the guest, and obviously the audience as well. I mean, they have a better understanding of you. So, mm-hmm. if you could pick... See why I think let, I'm going to do three, or let me even put it on the spot four. So uh, if you could have, <laughs> if you if you could have a dinner of five people, including yourself, so that so you need um, you need you need four guests, right? Dead or alive, who would you pick to have that dinner? To have four. a great people, yeah, four people. Um. Okay, try if you can, <laughs> if you can hit three. I, I, I mean, let it no offense. So I would love to meet my Elon Musk. I okay. need to meet that guy. That guy is one crazy dude. Like, 
Okay. I wonder Why? what goes on in his head. I don't know. He just seems very erratic mm-hmm. every time. But he's also successful, which is not, you know, the norm for erratic people, yeah. right? And I'm sure that he has a strategy for for how he has amassed wealth over the years. So I just, I mean, just like to meet him. I feel like there'll be interesting stuff to mm-hmm. talk to me to him about um, and just learn from him as well. Plus, I mean, I also know that um, I need to inform him that we have been married for a few years now. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I need to pass that message at first. Okay, another person is definitely Oprah Winfrey. Wow, good choice. Yes. Nice choice. Yeah, I think that she's also very inspiring. She's very oldy mom I want to be like she's rich again one thing that will be consistent with my dinner partners is that they are all rich mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like not rich people yeah yeah because, okay. yeah please we're all working hard so we can make one yes uh, then definitely Ellen DeGeneres okay interesting now, yes I like her because I think that She's very accepting of everybody. She's, she doesn't come off as a judgmental person. She just comes off as she's very curious. And she's found a way to make money out of being curious. Like just asking questions. Oh, you did this. Why? When? Where? How? With who? Right? She just found ways to make money from that curiosity. And she, I mean, she has other businesses as well. And it would just be nice to, you know, have dinner with that person. Then my last person, um, it has to be Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be Rihanna to have dinner with. Um, I feel like if there's somebody that will stay, has a very strong will, I feel like Rihanna comes to mind. Because yes, she started with music, but like all along, she has always been a businesswoman. She had, she was just building enough friends to now go into other you know business aspects and then managing that. And I mean, from the outside, well, people lie on social media. I don't know how she is in real life, but from the outside, she looks like. She not only has her shit together, it also looks like she doesn't care what people are saying about her. And for me, that's a very important thing because people will always talk, right? Whether you are doing something or not, whether it's good or it's bad, people have a lot to say. And it feels like no matter what anybody says about Rihanna, she's just living her life exactly how she wants, doing what she wants to do. She wants to do it, how she wants to do it, with who she wants to do it, and she's constantly changing the definition of what an independent woman is. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, nice. Great. I think um, nice. I love, I love your your selection, by the way. That's a great table. Mm-hmm. I wish I could that would be a cool gang. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you can go ahead, Tyre. No, yeah, I was about to say I'll join Elon Musk as the only only guy on the table as well. Okay, you're welcome. We'll, we'll <laughs> make room for you. <laughs> yeah. So, Ray, Ray, I'm going to be asking you some this or that questions. 
right? Just very simple question. Let's know which one you go for. So the first one is Rihanna or Elon Musk. Hey. <laughs> Rihanna, because I feel like I have a greater chance of her dashing money. <laughs> Next is color text. Oh, text every day. Please don't call me. Mm. Yes. I, 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 you respond to your messages fast. So that's, yes. that's true. Calls are so overwhelming for me. But if you text me, I'll reply you, Isa. But if you yeah. call me, I probably yeah. will not pick. Sorry to be part Yeah. So next is books or movies? Movies. Movies. Um, yeah. Daytime or nighttime? Um, I call my life in the night time. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Um, next is rain season or dry season? Dry, please. Rain is so messy. Like, everyone will just be wet and. Uh, yeah. But when I say it's that period. No. I beg, let it be dry. We use AC. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next is phone, phone or laptop? Phone. Everything mm-hmm. phone. So you're in your work or your phone or do most of your things on your phone? Well, if it has to do with like a PowerPoint presentation, yes, I'd yeah. rather use my laptop. But if yeah. it has to do with anything else, I would rather use my phone. Awesome. If you write awesome. emails, word documents, stuff like that, I will use my phone. Yeah, awesome. Then the last one, glass half full or glass half empty. Hmm, that's helpful. Yeah. Why? Just because there's something to work with. Awesome, awesome. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's really great stuff. Um, really, to be honest, uh, I've, I've learned so much having a conversation. I mean, having this conversation with you because I feel like um, you have so much perspective and experience and you also communicate it in a very light way, which is which is refreshing to see. Um, I enjoyed hearing your story. I like your I like your use of English and how you express. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. really nice. Um, so, I mean, for our audience, you know, what will be your final word? And um, how can they reach you on social media? Maybe they have questions or they, they want to network or, I mean, whatever the case might be. Okay, I'm really horrible with LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. you can reach me there. It's my full name, Riri Lulua, it's me, and on Instagram, fastest way to reach me. My handle is, I am the Riri, um, T-H-E, Riri as in R-E-E-R-E, not R-E-Y, yes, easiest way to reach me, Instagram. I'm not really active on Facebook. Twitter, wow, you may be my DM for this. So, yeah. How about Tread? Oh, I'm on Tread too. I'm a tailor. <laughs> I have over a thousand tailors following me. I'll soon give them what they will sew for me. But I guess sewing and threading the newest path that social media has presented us with. Yeah, yeah, that's so. What's your final word then? Um, so final word, I think that's just follow your dreams. Well, I don't think anything is like no. Th- let nobody stereotype you. Let nobody tell you, oh, 
this thing that you're about to do is not okay. When I was getting into university, nobody told me about tech companies or startups, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. I feel like maybe if I'd known about it then, I would have maybe started thinking of an idea to also have a startup, right? Um, or seeing how I can plug myself in for Always, always equip yourself. I think it's very important to also speak to people that have been there, people that are older than you. Don't assume you know everything. Ask questions and be very, very open to taking feedback because a lot of people get very defensive when somebody says, oh, I don't like your work or you could have done this better. But I always see it as like an avenue to learn. Like, okay, if this person is complaining about this thing, what could I have done better? Like, just detach yourself from that situation and see how you can improve, how you can make it better, and how you can learn and grow from that situation. Feedback is a gift. That's what I always tell myself. Also, a closed mouth is a closed destiny. Please, speak up. Ask questions. Be curious. Like, don't assume. A lot of them just love to assume things. Even the barest minimum thing. Don't assume anything about anybody or anything. Always ask. Always put yourself out there as well. You never know who's looking or who's watching. And if I mean if you're looking for opportunities, you need to go out and not stay inside and be like, oh, the opportunities will drop in my lap. Or it will appear on my phone or something. Like you need to go out, you need to meet people, you need to talk to people, you need to tell people what you do. Like plug yourself in, sell yourself. Even if they don't need you now, it's just like marketing, right? The more people you tell, oh, this is what I do, this is how I do it, the more it registers, right? And when somebody needs somebody that does that thing, they'll be like, oh, I know a guy that knows a guy, or I know a guy that can do this thing for you. Um, so just always speak up. That's a close mouth to the close destiny, trust me. If you apply it in every area of your life, it, it works. And because keeping quiet, aside from your mouth smelling from keeping quiet for too long, <laughs> it's just bad. Because it feels like you're just blocking your own self when you shouldn't. So just always speak up, ask for help, and try to get better all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, I mean, guys, you've heard it. Um, a closed mouth is a closed destiny. Period. Um, feed, feedback is a gift. A gift. Yeah. And the area has dropped so much now, gets today. Die. People should frame it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, definitely, we definitely have to. And um, so that's the end of the show, guys. So till we meet again in our next episode, um, have fun. When you listen to this, don't forget to like, subscribe, share. And um, yeah. Bye-bye.